Hello, and welcome to Back Issue Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about an older comic book storyline. In this back issue spotlight, I'm joined by James, and we're going to be discussing Quantum Age from 2018. This is part of the World of Black Hammer. How are you doing tonight, James? I'm great. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well. Now, how familiar are you with all the Black Hammer stuff? I picked it all up in single issues. The first series, I know you didn't care for it, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. And with each subsequent spinoff, some of them were better than others. Some of them just kind of I didn't care for. But then it just kind of petered out and went away, the entire universe. So had you read The Quantum Age when it first came out? I did. I had no connection to The Legion, which I know this is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like an homage to that, because I hadn't read anything. I didn't think Bendis had written his Legion at that point. Oh, no, not at that point, no. Yeah, so so that was completely lost on me the first go-round. And the second go-round, I can see it, but it's vague. This may be a very interesting discussion then, because I think we're kind of flipping our usual positions, because, I mean, I've got... I, I read, like, maybe the first six issues of Black Hammer. Oh, okay. And that's it. Oh, okay. So I am very ignorant of this narrative universe and such, whereas you've got kind of... you've uh, Seems like you may have read it all and such. Yeah, I did. It, it, one thing I liked about this book was you get references back to and, and screenshots and showing the connections to the old characters, which I don't know if you remembered all of them or not. There were a couple of places where we got a reveal at the end of an issue, and I'm like, well, I suppose I should recognize that character. And I, it's like, I think it's one of the original Black Hammer ones, but I thought we were off in the far future, so how are they still around? You know, those kinds of questions. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> and I mean, overall, I enjoyed this. There were a few things here and there that didn't float my boat, and a few things that were just flat out annoying. But overall, it was a fun read. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It was it was a decent read, and I felt like reading it the second time altogether, it was better than reading it spread out over six months mm. uh, the first time I read it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because you, you forget things you know that happened previously. But so it was completely different. It was way more more enjoyable reading it this time. But this was not the series that I thought I hated. There was one spinoff series where it was just on the guy that kind of goes through the antimatter, Colonel Weird. Mm-hmm. And that that one was the the series that I just hated. <laughs> I suspect I would too, actually. Yeah, yeah, six issues of that guy floating around in space. <laughs> well, this series, you know, miniseries or whatever, it got off to. I mean, it was a, it was an entertaining start, but there were a few things about the first issue that it's like, okay, let's start with some cryptic action and then cut to twenty five years earlier. I, I didn't care for that time jumping. Did you? I am not a fan of of starting a story that way, and then X time ago, particularly 25 years, and then we have a scene, and then we're back to 25 years later. I have a scene, and then we're back to 25 years ago. And I'm like, pick a time frame. Yeah, that stuff can kind of work in like a TV series or a movie, but in the comic format and medium, it doesn't really work. And what's kind of funny is I heard some guys, you know, different podcasts, and they were talking about how when there's time changes, they like how sometimes they have different artists for like the flashbacks because there's like that definitive boom here. Mm-hmm. This is different. And it does give it 
a breaking point because sometimes, you know, just the mind, you don't see the 25 years later. You just see it, but you don't really see it, you know? And so you're reading it, you're like, what, what, wait, what's going on here? And then you go like, oh, yeah, there was a time change. And it, it just causes confusion, I think. Well, definitely, I think having a different artist for the different time frames makes it much, much more obvious, oh, it's not just we've cut scenes, we've cut back to the other time frame. Exactly. I think that works sometimes. But this was just, he was all over the place, I felt like, with, with the jumping. I, I didn't care for that, especially in the first issue. Yeah, in the first issue, I thought it was pretty bad to the point of being annoying. And in that first issue, I was trying to figure out, okay, who is this character compared to who they might be from the Legion and such? And there were a few, like Archive V or whatever. I don't know if that's supposed to be Archive 5 or not. Clearly is the equivalent of Brainiac 5. Yep. Gravity Lad, power-wise, seemed to more or less be Starboy in one of his later power sets. Hammer Girl seemed to fulfill the story function of Supergirl in many respects, being related to Black Hammer, power-wise and such, and being the love interest of Archive V. And then, at first, I was thinking Herb, because his powers here, it's like, yes, he's telepathic, but his powers seem to be, like, to explode. So I'm like, is he Wildfire? Who was called Erg-1 initially, so Herb, Erg, makes sense. <laughs> but then... As I was reading later issues, I'm thinking maybe he's Telus because he's more of a, a telepath, telekinetic. Yeah, it, they weren't clearly, clearly, clearly defined. But yeah, there's definitely you, you can you can piece together some of them for sure. Yeah, well, and like the the kid we're following, the Martian and stuff, Dead Ringer for Chameleon Boy because well, shapeshifter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I I have something to ask you on that topic. Sure. But as as we get later, maybe, because I don't know if I should do it here. Should, should I pull the rug out from under you or no? <laughs> Either way. Okay. My question is, okay, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but the story, did it read well for you, just in general? The middle of the story actually read better for me than the start and the end, and that's very odd. Yeah. Because <laughs> typically, they'll have a fresh, you know, clean slate, and it's like, wow, they do great stuff, and then it's like, okay, they're... They're filling time, they're, they're juggling, you know, spinning plates or whatever, and then they get to an ending and they land it or they don't. Here, the jumping back and forth in time at the beginning annoyed me. It wasn't a bad move, it's just one that doesn't work for me. And then at the end, I felt like the story, it hit a point where there was a complete and utter failure. The narrator became an unreliable narrator, which undercut the story, and it made me kind of, it's like, okay, I've gone all this way and you, you pulled this on me. and. Even so, they still, I don't want to say that they landed the ending, but they didn't fumble it as bad as I was afraid they were gonna. So I, I was unsatisfied by the ending because it, it didn't resolve things. Yeah. But it wasn't as crippling as I, I thought it, it honestly should have been for the story. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I was wondering as I was reading this, because I knew you'd make the connection because we had talked about this and how it goes in between the Legion character. It's the Legion Black Hammer book. Mm -hmm. And you're doing the Legion spotlights right now. One, did you find yourself seeing these as Legion characters? And then two, do you think this would have been a better story for you if they were the Legion characters? Because of the nostalgia. That's a great question. If anything, I was almost maybe kind of treating them more like they were Imperial Guard members of these are characters clearly modeled after the Legion, but clearly not the Legion. Okay. Okay, cool. There were a few places where we got the science militia instead of the science police. This story definitely had a five years later, and I'm putting that in quotes, 
feel to it. Because there's a period in the Legion where between volumes, when the Beerbombs took over the writing, they bumped it forward five years. It's post-apocalyptic. It's it's down and depressing. Kind of like the you know the whole totalitarian state aspect we've got here. Yeah. So there were definitely things where I could see where they were inspired by and pulling from the Legion, and a few places where it's like, if this has a basis in the Legion, I, I don't know, I, I'm not recognizing what it is. Modular Lass is a prime example of that. Yeah, you're like, what is this? <laughs> Took me a good couple issues to understand, oh, wait, those are her powers? I, I was confused. Yeah, that makes sense. The part that made me wonder is like, it, it brought me to, when I was reading this, I was thinking to... The what is the thing that Tom Taylor's doing in the uh, medieval times? Dark Knights of Steel. Dark Knights of Steel. So we know the background on the characters, even though they're altered a little bit. So we know who Superman is. We know mm-hmm. who Batman is, and all that. So I was wondering if Jeff Lemire had free reign and he was using Legion characters, and this was a quote unquote Legion story. Do you think it's a, a better story at that point because you have that nostalgia and stuff like that? No, because some of the characters they took. Here, I mean, they could do whatever they wanted with Gravity Boy. I had no particular attachment. Okay. Whereas if they'd done things of that ilk to actual Legionnaires, that would have would not have pleased me. Ah, okay. All right, cool. I was just curious about that. I didn't know, you know, because you have that, the affinity and the affection and mm-hmm. the, the nostalgia for the characters. And I'm like, I, and I know that Jeff Lemire does because he did this, you know, he created this. But I'm like, I wonder if people who are hardcore Legion fans, if they like it more or if they would have even liked it even at a better level if it was actual legion characters that he was writing because i feel like this is his legion story but with me i read him as almost the future characters of the characters that i grew up with in black hammer and i don't want to say i grew up but that i read originally with black hammer and so it was kind of cool that I, i got to see the old characters but i feel like the new characters i didn't care for as much as that original cast. The original Black Hammer characters never clicked with me, so I like these ones better, but that's not a particularly high bar. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, th- those those other characters were very rough. <laughs> yeah. They were they were kind of dark and there was cursing and there was a uh, yeah, I, and you it wasn't for you and I I I know that reading it now. <laughs> well, and there were aspects of this that had more of a DC universe feel to it. Everything from the naming convention of the Martians having the same basic rhythm and stuff like DC Martians have. Yeah. And they really played up again. These are legacy characters, you know, millennium removed or what have you. And I I liked kind of what they did. Like when in issue three, we got kind of the the origin of the team. And I'm like, oh, so Gravity Lad, uh, Modular Lass, and Archive V, or Archive 5, I still don't know which it is, are kind of the founding members making them kind of the Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, and Saturn Girl of the group. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool. I mean, you know what's weird is you and I had a very similar experience because I felt like the first issue was herky-jerky all over the place with the time jumps. Mm -hmm. Then we get the Martian invasion, and I felt like the story came into its own. And and when you get into that Martian, you know, the persecution of them and how they're treated, that, that draconian society and all that, I felt like... That's where you start caring for the, the the individuals in the story, and you start picking sides, if you know, for lack of a better term, and you, you get the hero that you want to follow, and you get the love story in there. I, I felt like the middle, like you said, was really great, and then at the end, it got a little bit weird again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but the whole middle was actually a really good comic. There were a few things in the middle that, that 
I noticed some patterns on. Okay. End of issue two, we get the president of EarthGov. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's Gravity Lad. I didn't see that coming. Now, granted, I had nobody really else to pick from and didn't even consider him a candidate for the role, but it's like, okay, recognition of character, they at least set him up here, got it. End of issue three, boom, there's this character, and I'm like, I guess it's from a previous Black Hammer universe story. I think I maybe kind of, sort of, so, you know, Google, Wikipedia, etc. to the rescue. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Talkie-walkie. <laughs> End of issue four, we get another reveal, and I'm like, oh, wait, is this another original character from Black Oh, yeah, okay. Back to the research. Yep, it is. Yep. Get to the end of issue five. Oh, we get Madam Dragonfly. Yep. Uh, and I'm like, I guess she's in another old character. At this point, I'm thinking, did anyone from the original series ever die? <laughs> yeah, it was for me, it was kind of like the, the, the tying thread because I had read those. It's almost like someone who was reading, you know, like current DC, but I didn't know those original characters. When they do the reveal, I'm always like, who is that when you're, we're talking? Mm-hmm. So, so I knew who they were when I saw them <laughs> and I knew about them. So yeah, it's completely reversed on us in this. You know, absolutely. Wow. It's totally reversed on this because I could tell from the story technique, I should recognize these characters. It had just been, well, this is five years old and it had been even longer since I'd read the original Black Hammer stuff. So had no hope of remembering that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long time ago. But it really takes a good writer to pull off a reveal that is based on you recognizing the character even if and you being able to kind of get the sense of that moment even if you don't recognize the character aren't familiar with that narrative universe or something of the sort or simply you've maybe followed the whole narrative universe but it's been so long since that character's shown up that you just don't remember them yeah yeah no it's very very true i I remember uh, just me my memory stinks but I remember I really loved Black Hammer, the original series, and we're, we're different readers, and I mm-hmm. loved it. And so when I saw those characters, for me, that was a point of excitement. I was like, oh, that's who it is. Whoa, you know, oh, this is a relative of so-and-so. You know, this is a relative of this person. Oh, okay. So when I was reading the the girl who picked up the hammer in the previous series, this is her daughter, the granddaughter. Oh, okay. So it's not that one. And I was piecing that together. And for you, you're not going to get any of that. And that's how I feel when I read a lot of stuff. Exactly, that, exactly. That you, you have that whole background that I'm just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's it's weird. It's, it, it makes it more difficult to enjoy, I feel like, for you. Well, it makes it a different experience. And certainly, I think, definitely with modern comics, you've got to go in with a very open mind for most creators because they're not going to clue you in on stuff you need to. Yeah. And I didn't feel left out in the cold here. Yeah. But I also didn't really get, you know, the impact of a few of those moments. And when it was happening, last page reveal after last page reveal after last page reveal, I'm like, hmm, I'm noticing a pattern here. Yeah, it, it was more the payoff for the fanboy who's been reading it for long, a long time. Yeah. It, it, it kind of the tip of the cap to that person, me. And for anyone else who didn't read it, it, it didn't destroy the story, you just... You'd had to go to Wikipedia or somewhere, and who was that? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious how it would have felt with this if it was not based on the Legion. Yeah. Because there were a couple of places, like when we had, I guess it was, I was going to say it was Chronicus, but actually I think it was Captain Weird or whatever, or Colonel Weird, there at the end, at the end of time. It's like, that's basically the Time Trapper from the Legion. Oh, okay. You know, and what they were doing with Gravity Lad there, 
is kind of sort of what Jeff Johns did with, I want to say, Earthman in the maybe Superman and the Legion story. I forget exactly when this was, but totalitarian Earth, very against aliens and stuff, etc. So I was I was getting all of the those references in that payoff. So while I wasn't getting the Black Hammer side of it, I was getting, ironically, the DC side of it. Oh, cool. So that at least was, was keeping me interested in stuff. If, if I didn't have either of those, I don't know how this would have worked. I think it would have done okay, but again, the whole legacy of, of Black Hammer herself is lost on me. Yeah, if you pulled in an average Marvel fanboy <laughs> who's never read DC, which I was at one point, mm-hmm. and let's say I never read Black Hammer before and I read this. I can tell you right now, I would have been like, eh, it's an okay story. I don't care for it. I, I, I won't read this again. I, I'm out, you know? I probably would have read the first issue and dropped it just because it was so herky jerky and all over the place. So it's just different. Yeah, I, I don't think the first issue was the best of the, the six by a long shot. Yeah. It started off so weird, but overall, I think he did a good job. And the artist on this was Wilfredo Torres. And I do enjoy his art. He's not the best artist, but it's very different than any art style you would see. But I think I've grown accustomed to him because I've seen him over the years. And the original artist was, I think, Dean Ulstrom on the original Black Hammer. He reminds me of a few other artists. I'm having a hard time placing him, though. It's it's definitely a little bit more, I'm going to say, of a simplified style. In other words, less lines on the page. Yeah. And ever so slightly cartoony. But it tells the story really well, and I think the artist did a great job. I would agree with you there. It, it's so weird because it's not a style that I normally gravitate towards because it's it's kind of, for lack of a better word, a little bit simplistic. But it does get the job done, and it, it worked. And Black Hammer, the art was never photorealistic, so mm-hmm. it kind of fits the rest of the series. I had no problem with the art here, that having been said, if it was on, say, The Legion or a mainstream Marvel DC book, I might be a little less excited by it. Yeah, isn't that weird? I'm the same way. I, I, I always say we're biased. <laughs> but like, yeah, DC and Marvel, you expect a certain level, quality level. It's not just that, because when Umberto Ramos was on Impulse, yeah, it was a loose, kinetic style that so fit the character. It worked. You put Umberto Ramos on the X-Men, forget it. And they've done that. <laughs> this is not working. Yeah. So it's not even they they can't be in the Marvel or DC Universe type stuff, but it's one thing to put them on an artist on Impulse or Squirrel Girl or something else, particularly when they're the original artist on said title, and they're able to kind of develop that the tone and feel of that book versus taking over an existing book or taking over a franchise that in some cases has decades and decades and decades and decades of a particular level of realism in the art. Yeah, I would agree. So, I mean, it's weird that it worked for me, but like you said, most of the books I read at Marvel and DC, this would not work for me, but it did a fine job here. It was good. But I was just looking, I was like, if, do you think you could read more stories in this universe that he built, this little Legion pocket universe over at Black Hammer? Do, did you like it that much that you'd read more of it or not? I'd consider it. Okay. But issue six had a couple of failings. Okay, what did you not like in issue six? Because I'm flipping over there now. First off, when we get to the one character, you know, for the first time, I can't see what, what lies before us. I've seen everything, you know, the future, but not up until, you know, this point. Yeah. That- <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a cliche time traveler ailment sort of a thing. If I know everything, except, you know, actually now I'm in a blind spot. It's like, well, it may not go well for you, so be warned. And 
it's funny because, I mean, we had the same thing used in a couple of TV shows and movies and whatnot since this was done. I agree. Not that it was remotely unique here. Yep. And then we hit the point where the story is moving along, moving along. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I wonder how they're going to get out of this. And then we get, oh, you know, failure. And oh, just kidding about some of that last stuff. And I'm like, I get it, but you didn't tell us where we cut from to, to essentially jump to this point. Yeah. And I took the failure to not be on the part of the characters, but the storyteller. It, it reduced that storyteller to an unreliable narrator because for I don't know how many pages, I was in effectively a holodeck adventure, which was annoying. And then they just kind of say, well, you know, we can't figure our way out of this, so let's cheat. Let's go this other way instead. And it was effectively, let's let's run away and we'll, we'll start anew here. Uh, you know, the whole thing up until now just doesn't matter. Yeah. And that, that rubbed me the wrong way. And it's funny, though, because it's also something that I could see working really well in DC if they used what they did here as a way for Earth to kind of, or the population of Earth to kind of jump over the Great Disaster Era that was always supposed to be between the modern day and the Legion, where there's this pocket of apocalyptic time and there are no records after that, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, you know, this is a nice place to do it. <laughs> well, if, if you have humanity kind of jump over that and, okay, there was an actual nuclear war, but we get most of the people past it, but, oh, there's going to be the, the radioactive decay. But, you know, if we speed up time in that, you know, 100 years or whatever, so a year takes place in a day, the radioactive decay will happen, all that, yada, yada. I mean, there's some really timey-wimey stuff you could do that would be kind of kind of bizarre, where some people have to live through all that, but the rest of us can jump over it, you know, and that could actually work. Yeah, it really could. Whereas here, and it's like, oh, we're just going to jump over it, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit of a unsatisfactory ending. And the one character who I really did not like in these spinoffs mm -hmm. is that Captain Strange. I, I think, yeah, Captain Weird, Captain Weird. Yeah, Colonel Weird. Or Colonel Weird. Gosh, I'm calling him Captain. Okay, Colonel Weird, he, they did a series on him. I think it was a five or six issue spinoff. And for me, it was so wonky and weird, just how he shows up here, how he's like just kind of out there and spacing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't read it. It was horrible for me. And some people, I'm sure, loved it. But for me, it was the worst of the series. But this one was definitely, I wouldn't say the best, but it was one of the better ones. Because they had some with the granddaughter becoming the black hammer, or picking up the, you know, the hammer and moving forward, which I liked that story a lot. But this is definitely not the worst, but not one of the not the best. It's it's on the better side, though. Yeah, I can see that. It's certainly more to my liking than the original stuff of Black Hammer that I read. Yeah, it became more heroic here versus the cursing and the just jaded. We're stuck. Uh. <laughs> the, the original stuff was too dystopic. Yeah, it really was, and, and I I love it. <laughs> I mean, it was not in a dystopia, but it was a very dark look at things. It really it was. It's it's almost. I don't want to say it's Watchmen, but you know, Watchmen-esque where things were so bleak. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like that. They're stuck on the farm. They can't escape. And they're going crazy, stir crazy, and just miserable about things. Some like it more than others. And I, I want to go back and read it again, all as a collection. And I have a collection of it. I just have to find time to read it. Because I think I'd enjoy it, reading it all together. But yeah, it was a, definitely a dark look at superheroes. I don't know how well this would have worked for me if I had read it as it was coming out monthly. It was it was hard to follow. It really was because I read that first issue. I remember being like, "What is going on?" 
because of the jumping around. And then the second issue, it was good, but I was like, I didn't really remember anything that happened in the first because I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I almost have this weird thing with my brain when I don't like something, it, it just leaves. I don't have space to keep that, that in my head. So it just, my brain dumps it. <laughs> well, I totally understand that. And for me, sometimes it's not only, you know, whether I like it or not, because it may be just fine, but if it's just fine, that's not enough for me to remember it sometimes. Yeah. It, it's that thing that you're really passionate about that you love mm-hmm. month in, month out. You're like, I, I don't even need that little reminder at the beginning. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I still think they should give us the little reminder at the beginning of the issues to get us back into the story, because that's just fair. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, you're excited because yeah. you're, it had an impact on you. And unfortunately, not all comics can be that, but we, we get too many of the so-so to not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're getting, I think, way too many of those these days. Yeah. But I mean, it, it was kind of a cool, reminiscent look for me. And then I got to see almost like a beginning of the Legion type setup, which you've experienced by reading your Legion stuff. Because mm-hmm. originally, I guess this took place in the year 3000 and something, which harkens to the Legion days. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I kind of read something online just to figure out. They said that he changed that date a little bit so that it wasn't the exact Legion date because he didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> There is no exact Legion date, as far as I can tell, to be had. Oh, okay. <laughs> because they kept moving as as time moved forward, you know what I mean? Oh, whenever they needed to. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, it was always a thousand years from whenever they were publishing. Oh, okay, all right. So, whenever that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, for me, it was like the, the middle of the book was the hero, and that is so weird. So weird. That's where your characterization comes. That's where your the good storytelling comes. And it's just so bizarre to read a comic where the bookends not be the best part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Normally, again, that start is the the cool, new, exciting part, and they got all the action, adventure, and, and grand finale at the end. So those are the two that typically are the more memorable. But, I mean, everything from Archives Origin in issue three and, and some of the stuff there, I felt the middle was actually more entertaining to me. I would actually probably say the third issue, because we also got kind of the origin of, of the group and stuff, that worked worked well for me. Yeah, the origin was really good. Three, my, I, I think my favorite issue was two. And the only reason why I picked two is the pain and suffering of the Martians mm. and how the people were treating them. It had your heart go out to them, you know, because you saw the Martians character in the original Black Hammer and then you're seeing how they were treated here. And it, it was just, it was kind of impactful. So it made me care for the character. And so this was like the characterization piece, which I really liked. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, issue or issue three was really good too, where you get the whole origin, everything, setting it all up. Mm-hmm. Well, just like the two-page splash where we get the other members of the team and stuff, which was actually a smaller team than I would have expected being based on the Legion, but okay. Yeah. I actually, thank God, because, <laughs> because when it gets too vast, it, it can be confusing. If you had 20 characters in here, I think you and I would both be lost. I don't know. It depends how much they kind of mirrored Flush them out. Legionnaires. Oh, yeah, yeah, for you. <laughs> well, yeah, because would... like, when we get to the splash, there's one that looks like it could be blocked. There's one that's clearly you know, a Sunboy type, one that's clearly an Iceman type or Polar Boy for a Legion reference, one that's the equivalent of Triplicate Girl, one that I thought was a, actually kind of funny. It's, it looked to be an Insect Queen riff. The Antler Guy, I don't know, and a few others, the, there's no showing of the power, so yeah, not sure. Yeah. I'm curious if Jeff Lemire is going to revisit the Black Hammer universe or if it's it's just done. I mean, it, he had several spinoff books, miniseries in the, the world of Black Hammers. Mm-hmm. 
And he had some other ones called different things. He had, oh, I can't remember. There's like a skeleton boy and something else, and which was, it felt like Punisher. <laughs> I mean, but that was a good series. I, I liked the Punisher, so it was kind of cool. Well, a, a lot of people were really excited about the Black Hammer stuff when it was coming out. So I'm curious what led to it kind of just petering out. The, the only thing I can guess, and, and this is just a complete guess, is I know Lemire had some stuff that went to TV. He had that book where the kid who looked like a deer, I, I can't remember the name of it. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. They made a TV series, and I wonder how involved he was with that, where maybe he, he got involved with that creation. And a lot of times creators do that. Like We saw Brian K. Vaughn leave Saga for two, two and a half years, and maybe he left long enough to where he maybe he felt like the fan base moved on or he didn't want to pick it back up. But it's kind of disappointing that he didn't do anything else with it. Well, it was getting to where it was a series of miniseries, I thought. So it's not like yeah. Saga where it was ongoing until it, it was off going for two, three years. Yeah, that's true. That that killed it for me. I'm 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 off Saga completely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not reading it any longer. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is BKV's it's not funny, I guess you should say it's sad, but the two TV series, Paper Girls and Why the Last Man, they both kind of flopped after the first season, so that was unfortunate. Yeah, but he may have gotten some decent money even if they flopped, I don't know. Yeah, as long as you get paid, I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love it if the shows go on, but you know. Yeah, but overall, I, I, I enjoyed this. I thought this was a good pick for you, mm -hmm. and you could have almost done it as a Legion-esque spotlight. <laughs> 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 Just called it Legion in Alternative Worlds. <laughs> At some point, it might be fun to do episode of stuff of all the other Legion kind of riffs elsewhere. I'm still debating if I want to do, when I eventually get up to the Amalgam time frame, the issue of, issue or issues, I forget if it was just one or two, of Spider-Boy. Because oh. there was one where it was very much a Legion riff. Ah. And that could be fun. That would be cool. We'll figure that out if and when I get there. Yeah. Because I'm only about five years into the Legion continuity, and that's you know another few decades down the line. So Yeah, which is insane, because there are so many comics that you go through when you do those Legion spotlights, but they're just, you know, the stories are only a few pages here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yeah, but at that point, they're so dense. And this here is, uh, it was a breezy read where I could just go, you know, from issue to issue. It wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't tiring. But compare that to, you know, a 17-page story or whatever in classic Legion time, we're just so... All of this would have been in maybe a two-part installment thing, and they would have just shot through the story pretty quick. Yeah, I, I had a very busy weekend, and I, so I started reading this before the weekend, and we're recording on a Tuesday here. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to read it all on Monday after getting home from work. I would have been exhausted, you know? And so I, I started reading it, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll read two issues a day. And then I'll save two for the weekend. I'll read one. And I read it all in one sitting. I was like, man, that was really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I messaged you. I'm like, I already read it. <laughs> I'm done. So, it, it, But it, it is very breezy. It, it goes very quick. So if anyone wanted to read this, it, it wouldn't take them more than a couple hours, honestly, to knock it out. If that. If that. It's, yeah. It flows really well. And that's to its credit. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Decent read. If you're a Black Hammer fan, I think you'll love it because you'll like the the nods back to the original characters and seeing some of their ancestors down the road. And overall, good story. Yeah, and if you're a Legion fan, I think there's a definite appeal to it from that venue, too. Yeah, so good pick, John. I like it. Yeah, glad we did it. Anything else? No, that does it for me. Cool. 
Recording clips for the preview Spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview Spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview Spotlight. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.